free beer? Let me tell you how at the end of this spot. From Alter Genius Brewing Company, it has everything for a true craft brewery experience. Try their brilliantly crafted brews, creative house cocktails, cider from a few bad apples, and a full kitchen with a spectacular array of tasty dishes at their brewery in Ambridge. Or try their new trailside tap room on the Montour Trail in Imperial that sure have something for everyone with 20-plus different craft beers, ciders, and cocktails. Treat yourself to a brilliantly crafted brew at Alter Genius Brewing Company and tell them Tim Ben sent you for a small pour on the house. Barber school? Do you hate your job? Looking for a change? The Barber School of Pittsburgh may have your cure. Locations on Banksville Road and Monroeville. Day and night classes available and rolling now at bsp.edu. Get your degree in as little as nine months. Financial aid available. Now accepting veterans benefits. Barber School. Yes, Google Barber School of Pittsburgh, bsp.edu, bsp.edu, again, bsp.edu. Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Our Breakfast with Ben's Letters from Camp podcast from St. Vincent College brought to you by Bella Construction, a five-star North Huntington-based locally owned and operated roofing, siding, and window contractor, proudly serving the community and its homes for over 20 years. Bella will beat any competitor's quote plus $250 off of it. Please visit MyBellaRoof.com or you can call them at 724-515-5163. That's 724-515-5163 for Bella Construction. Here on the Fans First Network, another Breakfast of Ben's Letters from Camp podcast from St. Vincent College in Unity Township, brought to you by Bella Construction, a five-star home improvement contractor, proudly serving the Pittsburgh area for over 20 years. Visit MyBellaRoof.com and request a quote today. The last full afternoon practice here on a Wednesday at St. Vincent, they're going to have uh, a modified day on Thursday before the team breaks and heads back to Pittsburgh. Home game against the Bills, second preseason game on the calendar on Saturday. I'll be on the DVE pregame show at 2.30 from Stage A East. Make sure you show up for that, show up for the game, as the Steelers have their only home preseason game of the year after beating Tampa on the road 
in week one. As far as practice on Wednesday, not too terribly much to report aside from the injury front, Larry Ogunjobi, according to Mike Tomlin, making progress as he continues to walk around in a walking boot on his right leg. And then Nate Herbig with the shoulder injury. Tomlin characterized more as a day-to-day type of thing. I wouldn't expect either player to suit up against the Bills. We'll see, but uh, just a hunch right now that you won't see either of those two players. Uh, the seven-shots drill, much like the day before, where it was 3-3 three to three after six snaps. So Mike Tomlin put the first team back out there for the last snap of the drill. And once again, the first team offense beat the first team defense with a touchdown pass. Yesterday, it was Johnson from Pickett. This time, it was Pickett to pick ins. And the offense wins seven shots for a second straight day with the first team cleaning up at the end. It struck me that during our podcast, aside from discussing the left tackle situation with Broderick Jones and Dan Moore, we haven't talked a ton about the offensive line. So, I thought about remedying that today and invited Mason Coles to have a conversation, the starting center for the Steelers. Chief award winner last year is the most cooperative member of the locker room with members of the media. Always a good interview, always an insightful guy. Here's Mason Cole on the state of the offensive line going into week two of the preseason. So I know it's just one drive. How much did you have to hydrate after that game? Uh, not too bad. Not too know. bad. Uh, I did, we had it pretty well before the game, big emphasis on it, but uh, I know some of those guys that played a lot of snaps were hurt, and it was, uh, it was hot out there. Yeah, did you talk to Broderick about that? I think he led the O-lineman in snaps, right? Yeah, but he went to Georgia. He's used to playing <laughs> He's used to playing that human heat, so I didn't feel bad for him. How did you guys look at the tape as far as you know, trying to have a critiquing eye of it, even though it manifested the way that it did, and you guys got so much positive out of that first yeah, yeah. drive? On the surface, it was good, right? We went down on 10 plays and scored. Um, there's always corrections. It could be so much better, um, so much cleaner in terms of offensive line. We could just we could be better. We got a lot to grow on. Where do you think Kenny excelled when you guys didn't have the best protection? Uh, getting the ball out of his hands. I think he did a good job moving around the pocket, um, escaping, um, not taking a sack. Um, just another year of growth. And you can see that in him. We spent a lot of time talking about the defense when it comes to communication in the secondary because there's a lot of new pieces there and with the inside linebackers as well. You've got Siamalu next to you at one guard position, but beyond that with so many returning faces, how much has that aided the process this year for you guys up front? Uh, having most of the same guys in the room has been super helpful, but um, the communication never stops. It's, it's so important in, in, in our room because um, if one guy is, is miscommunicated, it's going to ruin everything. So... Um, it's been good, but obviously the communication is, is always a, a big emphasis for us. When do you think last year you guys made your big leap? Because I know even through that first preseason game last year, through the whole preseason, even through the Cincinnati opener, people were getting worried. But I felt like it was, what, about a month in when you guys started to click? Looking back on it, when do you think that was the case? I don't know, man. I felt like we were gelled pretty good the whole time. And obviously, we weren't playing at a, at a super high level early in the year, but... Um, Things started to click, just like everybody after the bye week. I think we started to run the ball well, and um, we got that run game going. It just just helps everything out. So um, we got comfortable with each other. We got so many reps underneath us, and the communication was good. So just, uh, you know, it was was a work in progress all year. But I think as graduates, the season around, we just got better and better. As you got better in that second half of the season, was there anything that you felt sort of on the inside that maybe fans, media didn't, pick up on that really made you guys coalesce in the second half of the season? 
Uh, I think the biggest thing was just playing team football, right? I mean, we, we have such good defense, and we were going three and out and not having a great start early in the year as an offense. Um, we are just putting our defense in bad spots. And I think we saw later in the year is, is you run the ball well and you're more efficient on, on first down. Um, you set yourself up to be in better spots. And when our defense is sitting on the sideline and can come out after a 10-play drive and be fresh, um, they're on, man. Um, it's just good team football towards the end of the year, and I think that's what we've strive to do here for a long time. I spoke with the other Mason, Mason Rudolph, and he said one thing that really seemed to help the offense was you guys had a better handle on what run plays worked and what run plays were best for the team. Uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Did you, did you guys notice that as well up front? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think early we are just we didn't really have an identity. We didn't know what, what runs we were going to be good at. Um, we are kind of trying to do a little bit of everything, but um, as we got going and Najee got going, we realized it didn't have to be super fancy. We could just kind of run it down the throats, and um, I think towards the end of the year, we saw that a little bit. Even though you played against um, not so many starters from Tampa Bay, was that an indication of what the offense can be in terms of the ability to move efficiently but then strike big when you have the chance? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it's been talked about all offseason, taking more shots and having more explosive plays and run after catch. Um, but again, it's going to fall on us, man. we got we got to be efficient on our runs, efficient on first down, and to set our offense up to be in those positions to, to take shots and have good run after catch and, and have those plays that create explosives. Um, again, man, I think it's going to go as far as we go as an offense line. You know, they did spend a lot of attention in the offseason getting depth for the offensive line, uh, drafting a guy, signing a couple guys. Was that because you think the coaches took so much value from what you guys did as a healthy unit last year? In other words, if somebody were to get hurt this year, and boy, because you guys beat the odds last year, I mean, but knock on wood, you want everybody to be healthy. Should that not be the case? It seemed like there was a premium put on to never let that quality of play slip because you guys, as a starting group, never missed any time. Yeah, I think that's the reality of the business is is there's going to be injuries. We were super fortunate last year to be relatively healthy the whole season. Um... But in our group, the depth is so important because it's inevitable. Um, someone's going to get banged up. I was banged up here and there last year. Just that depth is so important um, to have guys that can come in when someone goes down. And it'd be a smooth transition, effortless. They know they would know what's going on. They know how uh, each of us are thinking. It's just uh, the depth in the offense line is so important in the National Football League, and I think it gets underplayed, undersold. Um, those depth guys, those depth guys are huge. What have you noticed about Ciamalu and Broderick Jones so far? Two new guys. Uh, man, Isaac's been great in our room. Um, I've said this multiple times. He's just a really good veteran leader. He's played a lot, a lot of really good football um, on some really good football teams and been around a lot of, a lot of really good guys. And um, He's just kind of brought a little bit of that mentality that, that he's played with, um, you know, the last seven or eight years, um, brought it in our room, and I think it's what we needed. Um, and Broderick's been great, man. It just, it's been fun to watch his progression from OTAs to now just kind of buying in a little more and, and understand the process and what it's going to take to be a really good offense lineman in this league. And is Herbig gelling too, playing a little center and guard? Yeah, man, Herbig is awesome. He's a, he's a grinder, man. He's been really good for us and super versatile, which is super important in this league. Um, just a, a really good fit in our room. How much has Pat helped, Pat Meyer as a coach? People don't talk about him enough. I, I can't say enough good things about Pat. He's a X's and O's leadership in our room. He's just He's been so solid for us and so consistent. Um, our game plans have been so good, offense, offensive line-wise, because of him. And it's just been, he's been rock solid for our room. Is he a technique guy? Yeah, technique-wise, is unbelievable. Like I said, uh, the game plans, the stuff we come up with in our room, has just been really on him. It's just been, uh, it's been awesome to be able to play for him, and I don't think he gets enough credit. All right, so my thanks to Mason Cole, and since he brought it up, the aforementioned and underrated Pat Meyer, offensive line coach, will also be a guest of ours soon on the podcast, Breakfast with Ben's. 
uh, on the Fans First Network. Tomorrow, to wrap up letters from camp, Sal Capaccio, who is from WGR in Buffalo. Sal covers the Bills. You heard Sal with us after the DeMar Hamlin situation last year, and you've heard him a number of times talking about the Bills, talking about the Sabres. A great guy to talk to when it comes to Buffalo sports. Former schoolmate of mine at Syracuse that I've known for over 20 years. Excellent at his job out in Buffalo. Sideline reporter, so he'll be in Pittsburgh for the game between the Bills and the Steelers on Saturday. We'll get his insights on the Bills and what they'll be bringing to test the Steelers after their win in Week 1 as they move forward to Week 2. This is the Fans First Network. This is Letters from Camp on Breakfast with Ben's.